Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 19 of They Walk Among Us, a podcast dedicated to UK true crime. Listener caution is advised, as this episode contains adult themes and descriptions that some listeners may find distressing. An allotment is usually a place of tranquility and community, somewhere to watch your hard work grow. During 2017 at an allotment in London, something happened to change that sense of peace. Leah Adrisioko held the plot at Collindale Allotments in a suburb of North London. On the allotment's website, it mentions the five golden rules. We respect each other. We respect the neighbours of our site. We keep our site clean and tidy. We treat each other as we would like to be treated. And we use our plots for growing harvesting and quiet recreation. Not too far from Collindale Tube Station, the grounds of the allotment are extensive, 
with the 90 or so plots overflowing with homegrown vegetables and flowers. There is a long waiting list for a plot, currently over two years. With that many people occupying the site, it is not surprising there were some conflicts. What was a surprise is what one of those conflicts would ultimately lead to. Leah Adrisioko, also known by her maiden name, Leah Hulselmans, was an 80-year-old widow. Extremely fit and sprightly for her age, her allotment plot had been a passion and a pastime for the last 25 years. So intertwined with the community, she took on the position of Secretary of Collindale Allotment Association, managing the site, dealing with issues tenants may have, and making sure the rents were collected. Another tenant, Rahim Mohammadi, was enthusiastic about his plot and liked to have a say in the way the allotment was organised. The 40-year-old Kurdish Iranian had fled to Britain in 2005, seeking political asylum. He had sustained back injuries in Iran and was in constant pain. He had also been left with a permanent injury to one of his eyes and scars across the majority of his body. His father had also been tortured and imprisoned. He received support from Freedom From Torture, an organisation that provides therapy and support for victims of torture that were dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder after their harrowing experiences. They provide services like counselling or creative therapies and as part of that Rahim Mohammadi obtained his allotment plot through the organisation as part of a horticultural project in 2008. In 2010, Mohammadi was given indefinite leave to remain in the UK. Since then, he would spend his days at the allotment tending to his land and disappearing off into his shed to take opium, which he said helped relieve the pain in his back. A psychotherapist who treated Mohammadi would later speak to the Guardian newspaper. She said, When I first met him, he was utterly withdrawn. He couldn't speak. He couldn't look at you. He was just a frightened little puppy. Unemployed and living in a bedsit in Goldsmith's Row off Hackney Road in London, he would take public transport, a one-hour journey, almost every day to get to Collindale allotments. Absent of a support network of family and friends, life at the allotments became his focus. There were things going on that Rahim didn't approve of. A couple of plot holders had been using their space to bend the rules, having late night parties, playing loud music and allegedly taking drugs. Despite the fact he frequently took opium on site, Rahim found the other tenants' behaviour unacceptable, attending a committee meeting to speak up. The committee was formed of seven people who met a handful of times a year in a concrete hut near the entrance. Close by was the only other permanent structure, a shed with a corrugated roof that housed the garden equipment to maintain the communal areas. Allotment Secretary Leah Adrisioko chaired that same meeting, 
she had to deal with more troubling issues than she anticipated in her position. Leah was called upon again when one allotment member accused another of rape, a case that was investigated but ultimately dropped by police. Leah often mediated the frustrations between Rahim Mohammadi, other plot holders, and the antisocial behaviour happening on site. Some people had sought advice from the Citizens Advice Bureau and called police about the activities. The owners of those plots who had been holding late-night parties had not yet been evicted from the allotment, so frustrations between Mohammadi and Leah came to a head in two meetings during September 2016. Mohammadi was verbally aggressive, making it clear he wanted them gone. Leah, mediating, said it was not up to him. Mohammadi spat back, calling her a fucking bitch. He sent an angry email to the Collindale Allotments Committee with an extract reading, She always doing what she like, but no more. She, referring to Leah Adrisioko. In a second meeting, tensions escalated further, when Leah told Mohammadi to shut up, and Mohammadi retaliated by calling her a bloody old witch. He then stormed out. Mohammadi felt that he was beginning to lose his grasp on the place he felt was his sanctuary, with his frustrations firmly focused on Leah. In a letter, he said that he thought Leah Adrisioko and some of her friends were bullying him. About five months later, on February 27, 2017, Leah failed to turn up to a meeting for the members of the Barnet Allotment Society. She was usually reliable, so Leah's absence was highly unusual. Her family were informed. Leah was a mother to three grown children in their late 40s and early 50s. She had two daughters, Lucy and Tessa, and a son, Mark. She was also a grandmother to five children. Leah had been seen by a fellow allotment holder earlier that day, but no one had reported seeing the 80-year-old since. As her family and friends searched with no luck, they became more frantic, and early the next day at 1.40am, they reported her missing. The police were quick to act due to Leah's age. She was seen as a vulnerable person. It wouldn't be long before they found a body. The allotment was very close to Leah's home and the last place she was seen. It was one of the first places officers searched. At about 2am, her daughter Tessa kept calling her mother's phone. As they were walking the site, a faint ringing was heard in the darkness, getting louder as they walked towards a large lawnmower shed with a corrugated roof on the eastern side of the site off Sheaves Hill Avenue yards from Leah's home. The door was locked, but the sound of the phone was definitely coming from inside. When police finally accessed the shed, they were met with an awful sight. Leah, dressed in her usual allotment attire of Wellington boots and an apron, was found lying on a wooden pallet 
covered by her anorak. The pensioner was dead, bruised, and she appeared to have been strangled. A lawnmower close by, and the starter cord wrapped tight around her neck. The padlock on the shed where Leah was found was not one that could simply be closed shut to lock it. A key was required, and it wasn't long before investigators found out only four people had keys to the shed. Leah was one of the four. They found her key in the apron she was wearing, though the absence of her house keys was noted. The allotment had fast become a crime scene. Any morning visitors would have been alarmed to see the area cordoned off with reams of police tape. A police car was parked near to the shed, frequently mistaken for a garage, where the body of the 80-year-old was found. Police arrived here at Collindale Allotments at around 2 o'clock in the morning. As Leah's family desperately tried to reach her on her mobile phone, it was a sound that police then traced to this locked shed. Half covered by a blue plastic sheet is a shabby lock-up garage, the focal point of the search for clues in the mystery of the allotment murder. The garage is used to store garden tools, but in the early hours of Tuesday morning, it was where police found the body of the secretary of the Collindale Allotment and Garden Association. When plot holders found out Leah Adricioco had been murdered, they left bouquets of flowers near the entrance and a large photograph of her smiling was pinned to the gate. Ruth Pierce, a neighbour, commented on the death of Leah. She was lovely. She really was. A family lady. Everybody knew her around here. I know the family quite well. A post-mortem later found that Leah's cause of death was ligature compression of the neck. A mower starter cable was used to do it. It was evident that the 80-year-old had been beaten beforehand. She had suffered cuts and bruises, and even more disturbing, she sustained fractures to her ribs and spinal bones. Leah's death and its method had a devastating effect on her close-knit family. Her son, Mark Adricioco, spoke to the press outside of the allotments. He said, Mum was the heart of our family. Everything in our family's lives pretty much revolved around her. Pleading for information, he continued, We're appealing for anyone who saw anything, anything at all. It doesn't matter how small or insignificant. Please come forward. We have had the heart ripped out of our family. We um, can hardly process what has happened. Mark's sister, Tessa Adricioco, then spoke. She said, Mum loved working at the allotments. She was the kind of person who would do anything for anyone. This event affected not just our family, but the whole community. We need truth and justice. Police officers distributed flyers asking for information, stopping cars in the area to see if the drivers had seen anything on the day of Leah's murder. 
The back of the lawnmower shed was overlooked by houses. However, they were a fair distance away. No one had witnessed anything. It was established she had spoken to a friend on the telephone at 2.30pm on the day of her murder. So officers were trying to trace her movements from 2.30pm to 8pm that day. Detective Chief Inspector Noel McHugh said, People might have seen her walking past and think it's not important, but it is important. Residents will have seen Leah and it may be they take it for granted because they've seen her so often, but we need them to think back, particularly on that Monday, did you see Leah and what was she doing? They wanted anyone with any information, no matter how small it seemed, to get in touch. One of the four key holders to the lawnmower shed was Rahim Mohammadi. That fact and his history of angry outbursts towards Leah, even though they had not led to any physical altercations, made him a person of interest. At first, he was interviewed as a witness, but in further police interviews, Mohammadi gave different, inconsistent, and incomplete accounts of his movements on the day of Leah's murder. He said he had gone to the allotment to purchase some opium on February 27th. While he was there, he heard shouting but ignored it, believing it was just a drunken argument. When officers got hold of some CCTV footage, it was clear Rahim Mohammadi had not been completely honest. He had spent five hours at the allotments that day and CCTV cameras filmed him at the ticket barrier in the local tube station wearing dark clothing, looking unremarkable in the crowds that passed. A second camera also picked him up walking along Sheaves Hill Avenue, shielding his head from the rain with something in his possession, but officers couldn't tell what it was. On Sunday, March 5th, 2017, Rahim Mohammadi was charged with murder. He was remanded in custody and appeared at Wimbledon Magistrates Court the following Monday. Mohammadi would be held in custody at Belmarsh Prison until the trial. On May 3rd, something unexpected happened. A second man was wanted for questioning in relation to the murder of Leah Adrisioko. Police told the public it was urgent. They trace Mubarak Duat, a 37-year-old originally from Ghana. He was also known by many other aliases, including Kauka Duha, Mubarak Duha and Mubaris Duha. A £20,000 reward was put forward for information that led to Mubarak Duat's arrest and prosecution. A warning was given, quote, Duat can be violent, so if you see him, please do not approach him. He was described as black, slim and 5 foot 8 inches tall. Duat was known to have spent time in various areas of London, including Hackney, Dalston, Malden 
Collindale, Thornton Heath, Wimbledon, Hammersmith and Fulham. A small amount of Mubarak Duat's DNA had been found on Leo Adricioco's right hand. Detective Chief Inspector Noel McHugh also made another appeal, especially mentioning Collindale allotment holders past and present to come forward if they had any information at all. He said, I'm still keen to speak with those who were in and around the area at the time of the incident. It is important that we continue to build a timeline of the events that led to officers discovering Leah's body in the lockup store. Any piece of information, however small, will help my team build the picture of events that tragic day. A set of house keys with a small Morrison supermarket loyalty card attached belonging to Leah remained missing. Police divers searched a nearby stream while a fingertip search of the allotments was underway. One of Leah Adricioco's children said they hoped to find out the truth about the callous death of our kind and loving mum. They went on to say, We need your help, the public, to support us now by assisting the investigation and helping to shed light on mum's final hours. The very same day, library staff at John Harvard Library in Southwark, South London, recognised Mubarak Duat and dialed 999. A swarm of police officers descended on the library. On a video recording of the incident captured on someone's mobile phone, Duat, who was dressed in all black with his arms held behind his back, could be heard shouting, You are a psycho. You are no man. I will forever be a man more than you. I will forever be a man more than you. As you are, <laughs> no matter how long you, ch- you challenge me, I will always be a man more than you. You've stolen my thousand dollars. It's a thousand A witness, Shahara Rahman, spoke to the Daily Mail. Suddenly the police came with big guns and just grabbed him. About ten came with these huge guns and surrounded him. Three of them put handcuffs on him and he was shouting saying, Why are you arresting me? Then the police took him outside. I got scared. He was very angry and the guy's huge. I go to the library every day and the guy was sitting right next to me and I didn't realise. At first I thought he had stolen a book. I was very shocked. The library staff's vigilance was praised, but after a thorough investigation, it was found Mubarak Duat had nothing to do with the pensioner's murder. He had a solid alibi for the entire day of the killing. That day he was working as a kitchen porter in a restaurant in Covent Garden. When he finished his shift he went to Croydon, and this was confirmed by the location of his mobile phone. After that, he purchased a National Express coach ticket to Stockton-on-Tees at Victoria in central London. He was nowhere near the scene that day, so was excluded as a suspect. Raheem Mohamedi, a fellow allotment user, stands accused of murder. It's the prosecution's case that the accused...
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now, imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They're made from the rarest organic cotton and designed to get softer over time. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order with code BUTTERY. So head to B-O-L-L and branch.com today. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. On January 9th, 2018, a trial started at the Old Bailey in London. Rahim Mohammadi denied any involvement in the murder of Leah Adrisioka. When he testified... Mohammadi told the court about some of the allotment meetings. He mentioned his verbal outburst two days before Leah's murder and agreed there was an exchange fraught with tension. He said, Towards the end of the meeting, I stand up and say bye-bye little witch because she used to call me little puppy. Mohammadi went on to say he was embarrassed about the name-calling and according to the defendant later, In his shed, while they both drank a cup of tea, he apologised to Leah. He said the reason for him travelling to the allotments that day was to meet a man to buy £200 worth of opium. Mohammadi claimed he had gone to Leah Adrisioko's home that day so he could collect the key for the main gate. He said the two were cordial and she offered him a coffee. The pair chatted about carpeting her stairs while they drank. Mohammadi went back to Leah's property a second time that day, claiming he returned a tape measure that Leah had let him borrow. 
He had left the allotment again for a third time over the period of five hours to buy the illegal opium, a bottle of water and a pouch of tobacco. Mohammadi then claimed he heard someone shouting. He explained to the court, I just said to myself, now they are drunk and they are fighting each other. Plot holders from the Collindale allotment site spoke in court. They testified that Rahim Mohammadi had a reputation for being volatile and verbally aggressive. Kelso Gomez took to the stand to recall an incident in 2012 when he found himself on the receiving end of Mohammadi's temper. Gomez had taken a shortcut crossing over a portion of Mohammadi's plot to go and see his friend and to relieve himself near a stream. It wasn't the shortcut he expected when Rahim Mohammadi caught up with him and went off on a tirade for an hour. Kelso Gomez stated, This man came out of his shed as I walked across his plot, saying I was looking through his window. He was drunk and started pushing me. He started shouting at me that he was going to kill me. Gomez was at his allotment the day of the murder and he confirmed that he saw Mohammadi there too. During cross-examination, Defence Counsel Tyrone Smith QC addressed the witness and said, You realise some people do not like it when other people start walking on their plot. Many people regard it as bad manners if you do not ask someone if you can walk on their plot. The QC then brought up something which he felt may explain his client's anger. Quote, Around this time had there been reports of thefts from the allotments. Kelso Gomez agreed there was. Clive Critchley, another allotment holder, said Mohammadi had called him the day after Leah's death. Mohammadi had told him that he had gone to the allotments that day, but could not get in because it was taped off. John Price QC spoke about Rahim Mohammadi and addressing jurors said, It is not suggested that he has ever previously physically assaulted Mrs. Adrisioko. But the prosecutor highlighted Mohammadi's display of verbal aggression, which shocked others at a meeting held about the allotment. Price then went on to speak about Leah's feelings towards her alleged killer. We know from what others later observed of her and from her insistence that the minutes of that meeting should include a full account of what happened, that she was affected by it. And has been said by some who knew her, she was wary of him. The prosecutor told the jury the motive was to prevent Leah from reporting a very serious assault on an elderly victim. He said, The killing of Mrs. Adrisioko was carried out with cold-blooded deliberation. The other blunt force injuries speak of a more spontaneous use of violence. The QC addressed Leah's injuries and how Rahim Mohammadi would have felt. As he pondered what he had just done to her, Rahim Mohammadi would have feared that he would never again be allowed to return to the allotment, and so he killed her. He has shown himself very sensitive to any perceived slight, however minor, and is quickly aroused to behave in a way others found frightening. He is also capable of recovering his poise just as quickly, 
and sometimes even of apologising. He's temperamentally volatile. John Price addressed the links to Mubarak Duat, the man who had been arrested but never ultimately charged in relation to Leah's murder. The prosecutor told jurors, The DNA of Mr. Duat on the right hand of Mrs. Adricioka is likely to have got there not long before her hand was swabbed, and if during her life, not long before she died. The QC insisted that Duat's potential involvement had been thoroughly investigated. Quote, However it got there, and even if it was on the 27th, the DNA of Mubarak Duat found on the right hand of Mrs. Adricioka could not, in light of the other evidence, have been deposited as a result of direct contact on that day between her and him. He could not have been involved in her murder, whether acting alone or with anyone else. The Crown's case centred on Mohammadi assaulting his victim and then killing her to stop her reporting an initial assault, which would have meant he would have lost his allotment plot. After all the evidence had been presented, jurors deliberated over three days but failed to reach a majority verdict. It was a hung jury. Rahim Mohammadi was told he would face a retrial. This also meant Leah Adrisioko's family had to endure a second trial. The retrial was held during November 2018 and Rahim Mohammadi still denied having anything to do with the death of Leah Adrisioka. From a courtroom at the Old Bailey, John Price QC prosecuting told the jury, quote, Mrs. Adrisioka was beaten up. That in turn does point to a motive for her murder to avoid detection for a shocking and very serious assault on a vulnerable old lady. Because of her age, she was immediately identified as potentially vulnerable, and so the police began an immediate search. One place that her family had not looked for her was on the allotment, and so with a number of officers they went there. The prosecution suggested Mohammadi had planned to move Leah's body but had been unable to as she was found when her mobile phone was heard ringing in a nearby shed. Rahim Mohammadi's DNA was found on the cord used to carry out the murder, and he was one of only four key holders who had restricted access to the shed where Leah's body was found. The CCTV footage of Mohammadi coming and going from the allotment that day was shown to the jury. The new jury heard about the internal conflict at the Collindale allotments and the angry exchanges in the meetings before Leah's murder. Mohammadi's defence counsel tried to blame Mubarak Duat, but this fell flat. Duat had been proven to be where he said he was, though it was still not clear how his DNA got on to Leah Adrisioko's hand. Speaking about the defendant, 
John Price QC said the Crown was able to prove his guilt with evidence that included DNA found on the lawnmower starter cord, the fact he could access and then lock the shed as a key carrying committee member, and CCTV showing his true movements on the day. In a moving victim impact statement, Leah Adricioko's family, who held hands in court, spoke about their loss. The statement read as follows. All anyone hopes is for a peaceful and pain-free end for their parents when the time comes. The agony of knowing what horror she endured and how she suffered is indescribable torture, to which there is no closure. This can never be put right, erased or undone. She has been stolen from us, and the theft of her has left a void in our hearts that nothing can truly fill. Nothing will make it less horrific or agonising. This long and exhausting trial has been a mountain to climb. Even now we struggle to maintain composure at times in public. It feels often as though we are living someone else's life, that this nightmare simply cannot be ours. We close our eyes and hope it's just a dream, but it's still there. It's true. Mum, Nan is really gone. There will always be a part of us that remains in that shed with her that day she died. We cannot change that. We could not protect her when she needed us most. Mum's murder tore the heart out of our family, but we are lucky to have only good memories of her and the light of her love and strength within us will keep us strong. She loved life and lived it with humble grace. That someone so kind could be treated this way is unforgivable, and we will miss her desperately for the rest of our lives. On November 29th, 2018, Rahim Mohammadi was unanimously convicted of Leah Radrisioko's murder. He showed no emotion as the guilty verdict was read aloud. Being led from the dock to his cell, Mohammadi focused his gaze on the jury as he spat out, You will have that on your conscience, sending an innocent man to prison. During sentencing, Judge Richard Marks QC addressed Mohammadi and said, It goes without saying, although Leah was fit for her age, she was an elderly lady, and as such, confronted and attacked by you as she was, was vulnerable in the extreme. How bitterly ironic that the place she loved so much, the allotment, was the place she met her death. Rahim Mohammadi was jailed for life and will have to serve at least 19 years before he is considered for parole. Noel McHugh, the Scotland Yard Detective Chief Inspector, addressed the press following the verdict. He said, Although I never had the privilege of meeting Leah, we have learnt what a lovely, caring lady she was, like everyone's mum or gran. She was a real pillar of the community 
a sprightly 80-year-old grandmother who was very active in a local neighbourhood. His comments on Mohammadi were not as flattering. Mohammadi was a fellow plot holder and someone she had known for some years. He was an aggressive, threatening and highly manipulative man and there had been previous issues with him at the allotments. There is no doubt that Leah was very uncomfortable around him. It could best be described that she tolerated him, but Leah would ultimately pay with her life. Leah's children gave a statement. Leah was our mother and grandmother, but she was also a sister, an auntie and a friend to so many. She gave her time, trust and forgiveness to all, and at 80 years old, she was not jaded or cynical. Above all, Mum had such strength and commitment to tolerance and fairness, volunteering her time without complaint or reward for the well-being of others. So where are we now? The mystery of how Mubarak Duat's DNA ended up on the hand of Leah Adrisioko has never been solved, either by police or forensic experts. A plaque was put in the Collindale allotments as a tribute to a woman who dedicated many hours to the site. Using Leah's maiden name, it read... In memory of Leah Hulselman's 1936-2017, the great servant of the allotment for many years. On Tuesday, November 4th, 2018, Leah's son Mark told the Standard newspaper, at least we have got a reasonably positive outcome in that the person who did this is in jail and will be for a long time. We know the truth has come out and we can try to build a life that honours her memory. It's been devastating for all of us, utterly unimaginable. We will never get over it. A death has massacred so much in our family. One of the things my mum loved about the allotment was that it was such a mixed community. She helped and supported the Freedom From Torture charity and she would hate to think that because of one person that people would want to stop supporting and helping refugees. Mark and Tessa Adrisioko spoke about their mother. Some people I've seen have been making play about the fact that, you know, he was an immigrant or a refugee, and this is nothing to do with that. These are the actions of one... Very sick individual. Very wicked individual. Yeah. And where they came from and what they are is nothing else to do with it. And... Trying to make that kind of capital out of it is the kind of thing my mother would not have stood for at all. You've been robbed of a woman who was living her life to the fullest, with her friends, with her family, with the community. She was the absolute rock of our family. She was our heart. And she she still is. She still is. Um, You know, her legacy will live on because she was that. Thank you.
Thank you for listening. And special thanks to this week's Patreon producer, Renee Rawsornan. You can follow us on Twitter at TWAU underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram and Facebook under They Walk Among Us podcast. Details on this episode can be found in the show notes or on our website, theywalkamonguspodcast.com. to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Meet 2024's most anticipated robot vacuum, Eufy X10 Pro Omni. With powerful 8,000 PA suction and MopMaster's dual mop pads, it keeps your floor sparkling clean. It's the winner of five Best of CES awards, and Digital Trends says it boasts almost all the same features as robot vacuums that cost twice as much. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com, that's E-U-F-Y.com, and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.